，享受工作，乐生活。就算不在办公室，也能从容应对线上会议。HP Dragonfly 透过专业的 HP Presence 设计，内建降噪及会议快速键，搭配清晰的 Ben and Offson 音效，增强音讯及视讯功能。HP Dragonfly 顶级商务笔电，采用 Windows 11专业版。让您在会议中享有最佳的视觉和听觉品质。In what a scholar proclaims would be a big Chinese policy shift, China's most senior official for Taiwan affairs, Song Tao, may meet with a group of Taiwanese borough chiefs. That's according to Liu Qifang, a borough chief from Fengshan District in the DPP's stronghold of Kaohsiung, who is leading a delegation to China. His 52-member delegation, that also includes borough chiefs from Zhuoying District. Sanming District and Yanchao Townships will also exchange views on managing local communities with their Chinese counterparts. Scholars say that China is now trying to directly woo the grassroots in Taiwan. The invitation was from Chinese local associations, and we were to share experiences in managing local communities. Then we heard we might meet with Song Tao, but nothing's been confirmed yet. In the past, China would stress the need for exchanges, but they were packaged as being for educational and economic purposes. That Song Tao is even willing to meet with a delegation of local borough chiefs is a really big policy shift. Once China infiltrates society at the borough chief level, it is tantamount to directly and broadly infiltrating Taiwan at the lowest social level. Ever since Song Tao took office, he has met with KMT Vice Chair Andrew Xia, Jingmen County Commissioner Chen Fuhai, KMT Legislator Chen Yuzhen, and former KMT Chair Hong Shouzhu. He's also met with a delegation led by Chen Mingkun, the Deputy Chairman of Zhenlan Temple, which organizes the Dajian Mazu pilgrimage. This scholar observes that even though China has made a call to fully resume cross-strait exchanges after the pandemic, In reality, as ever, it will avoid official contacts with the DPP government and expand the scope of its infiltration into Taiwanese society. With cases of vomiting and diarrhea on the rise, recently uh, physicians say that the cause is likely to be seasonal norovirus. People are advised to cook food well and to wash their hands thoroughly with soap and warm water. Those who develop severe symptoms, such as vomiting right after drinking water or eating, should see a physician immediately. At both large hospitals and smaller clinics, there has been a surge in patients seeking treatment for diarrhea in recent days. There's been a surge in domestic cases of diarrhea. Last week, there were roughly 165,000 visits to clinics and hospitals. There's been a rise in post-pandemic travel, and also norovirus is more prevalent in winter. So the combination of these factors has caused a rise in diarrhea. The Centers for Disease Control said that visits to hospitals and clinics reached 165,833 last week, which is a three-year high. Norovirus was the main factor, it said. What we've seen in a lot of families recently is that the children will get sick first, and then roughly two or three days later, the adults will be affected. It's also possible that the adults will get sick first and spread it to the children. Therefore, what generally happens is that we treat the whole family at once, or they come in one after the other. There is also no shortage of people experiencing vomiting. Lots of patients are vomiting, and it's serious. There are more people vomiting than those with diarrhea, and their situation is serious. 
Some of them need to take shots or be put on an IV drip. Doctors are reminding the public to be vigilant about washing hands and if serious symptoms develop, see a physician at once. If you find that you can't keep down even water or plain congee and you vomit or get diarrhoea as soon as you eat it, then you should see a doctor at once. It is important to prevent sick children from getting dehydrated and sick adults from developing extreme symptoms. In particular, those who already suffer from heart disease or diabetes may develop an electrolyte imbalance. The CDC is also reminding the public that washing hands with soap is more effective than using hand sanitizers and that seafood should be eaten well cooked rather than raw. This year marks the 76th anniversary of the 228 incident. To mark the anniversary, Academic Historica on Saturday held a book launch event and symposium for a newly published collection of case materials on victims of political persecution. The book exposes previously unknown details about victims who were drowned in the Jilong Harbor. Survivor Li Mu Qi, who was interviewed for the book, was among victims who were tossed into the harbor with their hands and feet in chains. The bodies that once floated on the water in Jilong Harbor were due to the actions of the officials in the military. That's a certainty. We were lucky to be able to speak with Mr. Lin, and he confirmed that there were people who had their hands and feet tied up with chains and were thrown into the harbor, one after the other. That's not just an unsubstantiated rumor, because he took pictures afterward of the marks on his hands. Records from the Jilong city government at the time had long showed that several people died near the city's port area. But as for the cause of deaths, there were only rumors and speculation. Now, with the declassification of various documents, it's clear that several of the deaths were due to the actions by the government and military of that time. A new delivery robot can get products from a convenience store right to the door of your office. The robot designed by the Industrial Technology Research Institute will launch in Kaohsiung next month. Designers say its greatest innovation is navigating elevators with ease, and that means it can carry your purchases into your office building and take it to the floor you work on just like a human delivery person. The robot looks like a small trolley. When it gets an order, it immediately launches into action, maneuvering around obstacles, navigating indoors and outdoors to fetch the order from the convenience store and take an elevator up to the buyer. Developed by the Ministry of Economic Affairs with ITRI, it can detect and navigate around obstacles in its path, conquer sloping terrain and make deliveries on different floors of a building. It uses a 5G signal and a central control system and it can connect wirelessly with a control system of an elevator. One of the important distinguishing features is how it can take an elevator. That's a function lacking in most self-driving cars on the road. The robot will go into service at Kaohsiung Software Technology Park in March, provided by a local convenience store with a delivery platform. Office workers in the park will be able to order products from the store to their desk at the tap of a finger. This kind of service robot will enlarge the range of our services and it will be of great help in saving human labour. In the future, delivery robots may be used in logistics in the restaurant industry and eventually even medical transportation, creating a smart and convenient option to get goods from A to B. Under the influence of a cold air mass, the weather throughout northern Taiwan has been cold and damp, with temperatures in flat areas even sinking to as low as 9 degrees in Cape Fugui. 
The Central Weather Bureau has continually issued low temperature advisories for central Taiwan, northern Taiwan, and eastern Taiwan. However, the weather is expected to turn. Starting Monday, it will gradually become a little warmer. However, by next Wednesday, there may be more localized showers on the windward sides in Taiwan's north and northeastern regions. Although the temperature had dropped to around zero degrees, there were icicles on only some of the treetops and branches in Taiping Mountain. And there was no chances of seeing snowfall, as the coldest weather had already passed. Today, on February 26, in the early hours of the morning was the time when temperatures from this cold air mass were at their lowest point. During the day today and tomorrow, temperatures will gradually climb back up. By February 28th, daytime temperatures in all parts of Taiwan will be above 20 degrees. And the extent of the warming up of the weather in the next three days will be a little bit more obvious. The lowest temperature on Sunday, February 26, recorded in flat areas, was 9 degrees at Cape Fulguay. However, starting on Monday, temperatures in all areas will gradually climb back up. Then on Wednesday, a new cold air mass will arrive. There will be localised showers in the north and northeastern regions. Most of the rainfall in the coming week will be influenced by the northeasterly wind, so it will mainly be rainfall in windward areas. After night on March 1st, the northeasterly seasonal winds will strengthen again, so the scope of rainfall will cover the entire northern region and eastern half of Taiwan proper. The chances of rain and the scope of the rain will increase significantly. Although a cold air wave will descend on the island on Wednesday, the Central Weather Bureau does not think it's strong enough to be classified as a cold air mass. Low temperatures in the north will drop to 12 to 13 degrees. Given that China often disseminates disinformation and carries out information warfare against Taiwan, the Ministry of National Defense has drawn up amended laws to regulate Taiwan's media. If a war breaks out, the president would issue an emergency decree to control the media where necessary. Government agencies at all levels would be given priority in using the media and communication stations to report the war situation and how the government is responding. The Ministry of National Defense will also add on new penalties for dissemination of false information during wartime with sentences of up to three years in prison, short-term detention, or fines of up to 1 million NT. Artificially hiking up prices or hoarding supplies without a justifiable reason will be met with a prison sentence of less of not less than a year and not more than seven years, with a fine of up to 5 million NT. City dwellers often long for nature getaways, places where they can see animals in their natural habitat and breathe some fresh air. However, this can sometimes come at a cost to the environment, especially when inconsiderate visitors leave their waste in nature. Now, researchers are finding microplastics in the bodies of all manner of wildlife, and they are already seeing the impact this is having on animal breeding. Conservationists hope the issue can be tackled before it's too late. Members of Greenpeace Taiwan and Formosan Wild Sand Conservation Science Center set off into the mountain together. They're headed for Usha National Park's Lulin Shan Trail. The mountain here is more than 2,800 meters above sea level. Their goal is to collect samples of animal feces for analysis. 
Their main focus is protected animals, such as the yellow-throated marten and the Formosan samba deer. Each animal has different habits that affect how their excrement is distributed. For example, samba deer defecate while walking, and they produce lots of excrement. It can be seen everywhere along the trail. By collecting samples from different animals, we are better able to understand the general situation. We try as best we can to get fresh samples. However, yellow-throated martens are small animals and they produce less bodily waste. The researchers need to search carefully. Martens use feces to mark their territory, and they tend to leave it in high places so that the scent will travel far. Knowing this, the researchers were able to find a sample on top of a large rock. To prevent contamination of the sample, they put on rubber gloves before retrieving it. They wrap the sample in aluminium foil and record the location it was retrieved from using GPS. In a bid to better understand the effects of microplastics on wild animals, Greenpeace is working with 14 research teams to collect fecal samples from five species of protected animals in different habitats. We will get a sample from here because sandbar deer stand like this when they drink water. They are likely to drink surface water from here, close to the edge of the pond. After a year of research in the wild, the group has collected over 100 samples of feces, as well as 60 liters of water. The samples were sent to a lab for testing. In the water samples that we collected, we are likely to find algae and plankton, neither of which we need. We clear all that out with hydrogen peroxide, and then we're left with the microplastics we're looking for. Nile red dye is then added to the sample, so that microplastics show up under fluorescent light. The analysis showed that all five protected animal species had microplastics in their feces, with the greatest quantity being found in the yellow-throated marten samples. The yellow-throated marten eats smaller animals in the food chain as it is a carnivore. So being higher up in the food chain, it eats rodents, birds, and insects like bees. When it eats these creatures, for example, when it eats rodents, it's possible the animal it eats have microplastics in their bodies, so these will accumulate in the marten. When it comes to microplastics, there are several problems. One is the toxicity of the material itself. Another is that the longest it's in the body, the greater the damage it can do. While collecting water samples, the team discovered that even 3,300 meters above sea level at Jiaming Lake, traces of microplastics could be found. A 150-kilogram adult samba deer drinks roughly 4 liters of water per day, which will result in consuming 80 pieces of microplastics daily. With wild animals eating plastic, will this come back to haunt humans? The results are demonstrative of one thing. The terrestrial ecosystem in Taiwan is already fraught 
with the effects of plastics and microplastics. This is research sponsored by the Yusan National Park Office. It's easy to see that yellow-throated marns eat the trash park visitors discard on the trail. When they find the trash, they tear it open with their teeth and swallow pieces of it. Trash ends up in the park through atmospheric phenomena, rain and soil pollution, and of course through human activity. Yushan gets lots of visitors, and the Tataka Trail alone sees 500,000 to 700,000 hikers annually. The trash they produce is astonishing. In 2017, visitors to the park produced 50 tons of waste. Since then, at Takata Trail, the amount of annual waste has been slowly declining and is now about 10 tons. That's a decrease of roughly 40 to 50 percent. Getting garbage down from the mountain is not easy. A garbage truck with a capacity of 500 kilograms collects the waste weekly and takes it to a transfer station at Ali Shan. However, only by reducing waste at the source can the issue be properly managed. The park's office has been striving to reduce waste and to prevent animals from foraging in the bins. It has installed bear-proof waste bins and metal fittings over compost bins. Before we used these bins, we would use personal shopping carts, but the animals would tip them over. If you want to keep out wild animals, you need to use bins like these. In the forest, smart, opportunistic animals abound. The reporters caught a glimpse of such a creature when a yellow-throated marten appeared on top of a waste bin. Yellow-throated martens are simply opportunistic. There is no shortage of this kind of animal in the national park. Monkeys are the same, and there are lots of black bears in the park area. That's why we implore park visitors to avoid leaving waste behind. Microplastics have an impact on living things. From the mountains to the sea, from the wildlife in the forest to the fish and shellfish of the ocean, and even humans, nobody can escape the impact of plastic waste. Nanoplastics will get into our organic tissue. They invade our circulatory system and even get into human placentas, where they impact our offspring. This is Academia Sinica's Biodiversity Research Center. In 2022, the center established a plastics-free lab. From the clothes that the researchers wear to the desks and walls in the lab, all must be plastics-free in order to prevent environmental contamination of test results. These researchers are running tests on white shrimp and clams to see how much plastic is in the seafood we eat. 
素的第一种就是红色这个纤维状的微塑胶。One type we see here is red fibrous microplastics. Another is white granular microplastics. White shrimp have the plastics in their intestines and in their heads. So if we remove these before eating the shrimp, our consumption of microplastics can be greatly reduced. The lab found the greatest concentration of microplastics in the shrimp's heads and advised against eating that part of the shrimp. When it comes to clams, some of the microplastics they contain is expelled when they spit sand out of their shells. In another study, researchers examined the barnacles that attach themselves to rocks and sea turtles. When barnacles stretch out their feeding legs to catch food, they also end up catching microplastics. The researchers looked at both adult and barnacle larvae. The white dots moving on the petri dish are larvae that are only five days old. The researchers discovered that barnacles that eat microplastics for a long period of time won't be affected by the plastics themselves, but their offspring have tripled the mortality rate. Their research on the subject was published in 2020 by academic journal Environmental Pollution. If the offspring that barnacles produce die off more easily, it will be harder for the population of the species to grow. Over the long term, the entire marine ecosystem will be affected. In the mountains, the sea, and on land, plastic is found everywhere. The need to reduce it at the source is urgent. In the short term, we could possibly start within a limited area, such as a conservation area, a recreational area, a national park, or some other area where animals are usually found. We can start by reducing the amount of single-use plastic in use at the stores or vendors in these areas. Some have said that the waste you discard today will end up on your plate tomorrow. Once a pure natural refuge, today our forests and beaches are becoming landfills. If we hope to protect wildlife and our own food supply, we need to cut plastic out of our lives before it's too late.